Hello, this is Andy, and you're listening to Federal Andy. Episode 78. What does today's GOP stand for? I haven't said a lot about the new Republican House member from New York. His name is, well, I guess it depends on (laughs) what particular time period you're talking about. He's going by George Santos right now, but there are records of him using other names in the past. And he's kind of a mystery man, actually. Nobody really knows for sure where he was born. We don't know for certain that he's an American citizen. He's represented, actually, he's misrepresented himself repeatedly. The folks who elected him, put him in office, did so based on what they were told during the campaign. And most of what they were told was a lie. He mentioned several places that he had uh, been employed. Those places said, no record of him. We have no idea. He presented himself as having gone to college, and I believe even bragged about his participation on the volleyball team. That college has no record of him being a student, and I guess the volleyball team has no idea who he is either. His history on social media has discrepancies as well. He indicated that his mother died because of the September 11th attack. Now, technically, she could have died after that because a lot of people were exposed to things that uh, later caused health issues. You have to remember this was during the baby Bush, George W. Bush era. And at the time, the people who worked for his administration indicated that ground zero was was safe. It was okay for people to go and work there. And we now know that that really was not true. A lot of the first responders have died because of numerous things. A lot of them had cancer. Some of them, the ones that are still with us, have health issues that are (laughs) probably due to their bravery 
on uh, September 11th, or actually the days after September 11th, trying to rescue people in desperation, trying to see if they could pull anybody out of the rubble that was still alive. And of course, the Republicans have consistently voted against providing funding for these <laughs> American heroes. Why they would do that is beyond me. But it's kind of a mystery today, isn't it? Where exactly is the Republican Party headed? Where are they going? What are their true values today? Do they have morals? Because what I'm seeing indicates that they really are not the party of law and order. They are not the party of family values or high morals or good character. They're not the party of transparency or honesty. They're not the party of the working man and woman, that is for sure. So what exactly are they? You have to kind of go back and take a look at their history. And you have to look at what they're actually doing as opposed to what they're actually saying, because those very often are not the same things. Recent history, we have had a president who was a Republican who has been anything but transparent. Unlike, I think, every president since the Nixon era, I believe Nixon released his taxes, but that may have been kind of after the fact. But I think most presidents in modern history have willingly released their taxes. Uh, I think even when they were candidates, a lot of candidates did it. Just to show this is what I'm, <laughs> this is what I'm doing. This is where I've come from. This is where my money comes from. But Trump didn't want to do that. And he lied, said that he couldn't release his taxes because he was under audit. And for years he was under audit. He said, oh, I'll, I'll be happy to release my taxes as soon as they finish this audit. Well, Apparently, they never finished the audit, audit because he never released the taxes. And then after he was elected president, his excuse was, well, it doesn't really matter because the American people voted for me. So, obviously, they don't care. And at that point, I guess, eh, what difference does it make? Well, now we know that his taxes have been finally released after years of delays in court where he has fought having his taxes released. We now know that he really truly was not under the audits that presidents are required to go through while in office. He has a horrible history with being faithful to his spouses. I think he's cheated on every single one of them. He has made derogatory comments toward some of his own kids. Remember that he commented he wished he hadn't named Donald Jr. after him. 
he wasn't worthy of that name, I guess. <laughs> what a guy, huh? Uh, he made comments about women. You know, just, just walk up and grab them because if you're a celebrity, you can do it. Really? You have so little respect for women that you feel that you're entitled to just go up and grab them in areas where nobody should be grabbing them unless they have permission. <laughs> He's lied repeatedly. Shouldn't the American people be able to trust what their president says? And I'm not talking about misspeaking or having bad information. Those things happen because we're all human. We do that. I'm talking about repeatedly lying about something that you know is a lie and that you know is causing issues with the people you're supposed to be looking out for their best interests. You know, lies like, uh, oh, the election was rigged. It was stolen from me. I really won. And you would think after having these folks based on your lies and your incitement attack the U.S. Capitol, kill police officers, injure over 100 people, cause millions of dollars to the U.S. Capitol building itself, the disgrace of seeing a Confederate flag carried through the halls of the U.S. Capitol, how many families lost relatives in that war, the Civil War? And this guy sat there and watched it on TV and wouldn't do a video or do a tweet that said, stop, stop now, go home. This is unacceptable. And now, as if the Republican Party, if you didn't think they could go any lower, now we have someone in the House of Representatives, the U.S. House of Representatives, who has completely misrepresented themselves during their campaign, and their constituents, the voters who supported them, voted for them based on lies. You would think that a credible, honest, worthy political party would say, this is too much. You must resign. And if they don't resign, they need to take the steps to expel this person from Congress. But they're not doing it. They're standing by him. We have another member of the House of Representatives that's also a Republican who was guest hosting a show that is normally hosted by a man by the name of Steve Bannon. You might recognize that name. He was uh, affiliated with uh, Donald Trump quite a bit. Well, Steve Bannon has been charged with crimes, fraudulently taking money from people, and he's actually been convicted of crimes. 
but because he's, I guess, notable and I guess he's wealthy. I don't know. He's not in prison, even though he has been convicted of a crime. They've, the judge has allowed him to stay out on appeal. And he's still doing his little uh, TV, radio shows, whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. But recently in his absence, a current member of the House of Representatives by the name of Matt Gates. He's from Florida. You might recall that he has been accused of basically sex trafficking of minors. Hasn't been charged yet. Not sure if he will be because the people involved are such scumbags that, uh, eh, you know, can we really believe anything they say? Hmm. Kind of sounds like their president that they believed. At any rate, Matt Gates was hosting Steve Bannon's show in Steve Bannon's absence. He was probably on a vacation or something because that's what you do when you're out of prison on an appeal for, after being convicted of a crime. And Matt Gates had George Santos on as the guest. Are they trying to make this guy credible by doing these things? It's really a disgraceful thing. It's truly disgraceful. Kevin McCarthy, the House Speaker, needed this guy's vote in order to become Speaker. Kevin McCarthy is another Republican who has absolutely no values and no morals. He doesn't care about his country. All he cares about is himself. And apparently he has wanted to be Speaker of the House for many, many, many years and apparently is willing to even sell his soul to the devil to get that title. And no one is sure how long it's going to last, the speakership, because he basically gave away a lot of his powers in order to become speaker. And when asked about this controversy involving George Santos, Kevin McCarthy said, well, you know, the people voted for him. The people voted for him based on everything that was a lie. So isn't that completely misrepresenting the facts? Sure seems like it to me. If you are truly a patriot, if you truly believe your oath of office that you sworn to uphold. You do what is best for the country and you protect the Constitution. Allowing someone who lied to their constituents in order to get a seat in government is not being patriotic and it's not honoring the Constitution. It, the path to that conclusion seems very clear to me but apparently it's not to people like Kevin McCarthy. When a reporter asked him about George Santos, he acted like he didn't really know what was going on. Well, has he committed any crime? Name a crime he's committed. Well, <laughs> shouldn't lying 
be a crime for these people. Outright lying. Now, George Santos says that he may have embellished his resume. That's the way he put it. Well, when you embellish something, you take something that actually happened and make it seem better than it truly was. That's embellishment. When you pull something out of your rear end that didn't happen and say that it did indeed happen, it was an achievement, that's a lie. It's not embellishment, that's a lie. And I have to question the validity of a political party that would allow this to happen because there are Republicans in the House of Representatives who also know that this guy is a complete fraud and that he has defrauded the people who voted for him. And they're doing nothing, nothing to allow him to stay in the House because they have a very slim majority. There are basically 10 more Republicans in the House of Representatives right now than there are Democrats. They were counting on 40, 50, or 60 seats extra. So it's a real problem because if a couple of Republicans decide they've had enough of this fake, <laughs> corrupt political party, and they switch to become independents and caucus with Democrats, or if they switch to being a Democrat, or if they die or get sick or get offered a job at a think tank for millions of dollars a year and leave, then McCarthy doesn't get to keep his uh, speakership. So there's no interest in doing anything to address this disgraceful thing that has happened to their very own voters, their very own voters. It's okay to lie to voters, apparently, according to the Republican Party, because they are not doing anything to say, we respect our voters, we value our voters, we're patriots, we work for the people, we work for our voters, and we cannot represent them properly if we have candidates lie. But that isn't happening. So what does the Republican Party stand for today? What do they value? What is truly important to them? What is driving the Republican Party? And does it match with what is best for America? Let's discuss a couple of things about the Republican Party today and what type of an example they are setting for everyone. And since so much is said about grooming, I hear Republicans and conservatives on the right talk about homosexuals or grooming your children and teachers are grooming your children. 
are the Republicans grooming children through their acts and what they say? It is pretty logical to assume that they are. So let's just take a look at a few things. How about being honest? Is honest a value that most people aspire to? If you had a choice between telling your kids it's okay to lie or it's not okay to lie, what are you going to tell them? Chances are, if you're a good parent, you're probably going to tell your kids that uh, it's not okay to lie. Unless, now, granted, there's there may be some exceptions. Young kids that are home alone, answering the telephone, let me speak to your mom or dad, might be okay to lie and say they're busy right now, kind of take a message because it's just not wise to say they're not home. Although, again, how young can kids be and be left alone at the house? But we have seen that the Republicans have had a president, Donald Trump, who has lied his entire life. What was uh, the New York Times tracked his lies, over 30,000 lies during his four years in office. And I guess that includes the campaign as well. Trump is on videotape saying something and you can watch the whole thing so that you make sure that you are able to take what he says in context. And then there's a videotape of him later saying he didn't say that. That's a <laughs> that's an example. Our parents telling their kids it's not okay to lie. What he's doing is wrong. Or are they just not saying anything about it because it's easier to just ignore that? What does it say to kids? What lesson do they learn when they see that you can be a hypocrite? Well, it's wrong for the Democrats to do this because they're Democrats, they're liberals, they're bad. They are the enemy. But we're conservatives, so it's okay for us to do it. Really? That's the lesson you want your kids to learn? Trump said it's apparently okay to just grab women. Only if you're a celebrity, though. Is that a lesson that you want your kids to learn? It's okay to just grab women in areas where <laughs> it's inappropriate for anybody pretty much to do that? Kids see this. Young adults see this. What kind of morals does the Republican Party have? 
What kind of a sense of right and wrong do they have? Are they honest when they refuse to investigate one of their own? Why, you know, you would think that Donald Trump would have been anxious to clear his good name. The Democrats accused him of doing something that he didn't do. Surely they would be able to prove that. One would think that he would be excited about sitting down in front of the Democrats and saying, you're wrong, and here's why you're wrong, and here's the proof, and now I want an apology. But instead, they don't even want to investigate. How would conservatives feel right now if in the light of the fact that Joe Biden apparently had classified documents in places where he wasn't supposed to have them, how would they feel if the Democrats just covered that up and said no investigation, he did nothing wrong? They'd be blowing their tops. And here's the thing, you know, Joe Biden, those documents had been in his possession, I guess, for what, seven or eight years or something like that. Been a while, some of them. And when they were discovered, he could have just taken those documents and thrown them in his fireplace and burned them and not said a word about it, huh? I mean, after all, nobody was missing them. After all this time, certainly everything had been accounted for from the, by, from the Obama administration. So he could have just destroyed them, run them through a paper shredder, burned them in the fireplace, not said a thing about it, and nobody would have even known. And that would have been the easiest thing to do, I guess, as far as not being attacked by folks on the right. But he did the honest thing. And he's being condemned for that. What kind of a lesson does that send to your kids and to young adults? You do the right thing, you do the honest thing, and you're attacked for it. Instead of setting a good example, the Republicans on the right are setting a bad example. They're showing you, well, this is what happens when you're honest. It's a bad thing. What they should be saying is, we need to investigate this and find out what happened, but the lesson here is Biden did the right thing. He admitted to something that maybe he wasn't even involved. We don't know. Those documents may have been in those locations because a staffer or somebody put them there. He may not even known that they were there. And to me, all of this, all of this uh, information showing that uh, these classified documents have been moved from locations where they're not supposed to be tells me that, uh, our protocols for handling these type of documents need to be improved. Now, the president and the vice president have different 
policies for looking at these classified documents. Members of Congress, people in positions where they have access to these um, special access documents have to go into a skiff. The president and the vice president don't necessarily have to go by those protocols because they're on the run, they're on the move all the time. Vice president has to be up to speed at all times on what the president is doing in case something happens to the president. The vice president is already ready to go and can step in to that position and do what needs to be done you know, fairly quickly. But I think we need to look at how documents are handled and whatever system is being used to check them out needs to be improved to make sure that there's accountability and that they're returned within a certain period of time. And maybe that's the case and it's just not being enforced. So I don't know. But the lesson is Biden could have just gotten rid of them, just made them disappear, put them in the fireplace, shred them, shred them and put them in the fireplace. And nobody would have been the wiser. And all of this discussion wouldn't have been happening. But he did the right thing. But the message is, oh, well, now he's being attacked for doing the right thing. Is that the lesson you want your kids to learn? Because the Republicans are teaching your kids this is the way you act. What happened to the values and the morals that were taught on TV shows that have been lauded by the right? Leave it to Beaver. When the beaver admitted to doing something wrong, his father may have punished him, may have told him it was the wrong thing, but he always emphasized that beaver did the right thing by being honest, right? Well, we're not teaching our kids that. The Republicans aren't teaching their kids that. Do you think Donald Trump would have done the same thing as Biden if the shoes were on the other foot? No, absolutely not. He would have denied, 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 denied. And he wouldn't have thought twice about it. He wouldn't have thought twice about what kind of a lesson we're teaching people. So what other things are the Republicans teaching kids and young adults? What is it that they actually stand for today? Well, they're telling everybody that women are subservient to men, that they're not equal. They are not entitled to make their own health care choices. And, you know, they're actually kind of expendable because women have gone into emergency rooms, women who are pregnant, that are having a problem with their pregnancy through no fault of their own, they're bleeding. And the Republicans have got the laws so messed up now that hospitals and doctors are not able to take care of their patients the way that they would initially want to take care of their patients because they're afraid of being sued. So the woman and her husband are told, go back home and if you keep bleeding, if you bleed a lot more, or if you uh, start feeling lightheaded, or if you become unconscious, or something like that, come back in. 
Really? Yes, it's happening. It's happened since the Supreme Court decided that Roe v. Wade, one of their own decisions, was not a good one. And now we have women whose lives are being put in danger by these barbaric policies. Go home, and if you continue to bleed for another couple of days, come back in. What does that say? Well, it says women are, you know, do we need to be worried about women if they get sick? Because the baby is more important, even though the baby, in some cases, is already basically dead. But they think there might be a heartbeat. (laughs) So it's okay to kill the mother in the chance that maybe a baby might be born. I heard that the, I believe it's the House of Representatives in the state of my, in the state of Missouri has come out with a new updated dress code for women. They didn't update, update the dress code for men, but they updated it for women. And, you know, you would think women who are in the House of Representatives for one of the states are probably highly intelligent and capable. I mean, after all, they ran for public office and they won. I wouldn't think that you would have to be too specific about telling them how they need to dress. Couldn't you just say professional attire is required for both men and women? To me, professional attire would mean no flip-flops, no shorts, no tank tops, no athletic shirts, no t-shirts, dress slacks for men or women, a a dress shirt or a blouse. If it's summertime, uh, you know, dresses for women. Suits for men or women, ties for men. Maybe during the summertime, you might make an exception if it's hot and uh, tell men that they don't need to wear a tie. Maybe they can wear a dress shirt and just leave the top button unbuttoned and wear dress slacks and a belt and dress shoes. But now they're telling women specifically what they have to wear. And, you know, they don't want women to expose their arms. Their arms have to be covered. Really? Does this not sound a little bit Taliban to you? What's next, Missouri? Red robes and white bonnets for women when they're in public? Huh? I mean, it seems that we're sure headed in that direction. So, what exactly is the party that says it's law and order, but yet they don't enforce the laws when it comes to their own? They don't enforce traditional values or morals when it comes to their own? We've got someone in the House of Representatives 
from the state of New York, who is a complete fraud. And the Republican Party, instead of saying, you need to explain everything to us, you need to do it now before you're seated in Congress, is just going to ignore it and act like it's okay. Kevin McCarthy, the speaker, wants to know what crimes have been committed. What crimes did George Santos commit? Lying to your constituents isn't a crime? Should be, don't you think? People are voting for you based on what you're telling them. And true enough, maybe they should have done a little bit of research on their own. Maybe the newspapers and the Republican Party and even the Democrats in New York could have done more investigative journalism if it's the newspapers. But the bottom line is, the person that all of these folks in New York voted for or thought they were voting for isn't real. It's a fraud. And they're supposed to trust this person who's lied to them about basically everything from his history to make decisions that are going to impact their lives and the lives of their family members for years and years and years to come? No. No. So what is the message that they're sending out to everybody? Oh, it's okay to lie. It's okay to lie. It doesn't matter. You know, it's politics. All politicians lie. Really? Why do we accept that? Why are we supposed to accept that? (laughs) Because it happens all the time. Maybe we need to start expelling people from Congress when they're caught lying. Maybe lying to constituents to cover up something that you've done that's wrong or unethical. Maybe that should be a reason to be expelled. Maybe you should lose your seat. Do you think maybe people would be a little more careful about lying? Just possibly? The Republican Party used to be the party of fiscally conservatives, you know, we're going to watch your money. Well, they're not that anymore. Their tax cuts for the wealthy going back to Reagan have increased our debt. They lied to us and said that it would create tons of well-paying, high-paying jobs with good benefits. They haven't. What it has done is it has increased the number of millionaires and billionaires in this country, and it has caused the middle class to shrink incredibly. That is not the way to build a country. That is the way to build an oligarchy that controls the government in a country. And that's not democracy. It's really time for Republicans to take a good, long, hard look at themselves and the people that they're voting for and supporting and consider the lesson that this is teaching the younger generations. The good news is that 
because of the side effects that these policies that the Republicans have pushed on America over the last 40 some odd years are not resonating very well with today's youth. They don't like seeing their friends slaughtered at their school. And they're smart enough to put two and two together and realize that, gosh, maybe our extremely liberal gun laws in this country are contributing to this. I looked it up yesterday, and we're two weeks into the new year, and we've already had at least three school shootings. Three in two weeks. That should be unacceptable to everyone. And it's unacceptable to the kids who are there watching their friends get shot, watching their faces literally blown off. And then we have members of Congress who have bullied and stalked these young kids who have stood up and said, we want better gun laws because we're tired of having to hide under our desks. We're, we're tired of having to hide in locked, dark classrooms so that we don't get shot. We're tired of going to funerals of our friends who will never have a chance to graduate or have a life. Do something. And what do we do? In reaction to that, the upstanding party of values and morals and law and order has a woman who's now a representative in the House of Representatives on the Republican side of the aisle, stalked one of the kids. That alone should have been enough to keep her from being elected. An adult treating a high school kid that way should not be tolerated by our society. But apparently it's okay. And that's the message that's being sent to everybody. It's okay. It's okay to lie. It's okay to cheat on your wife. Adultery is okay. Just lie about it. Or if you're wealthy, just pay her off and tell her to shut up. It's okay to tell women that they are not entitled to make their own health care choices. My body, my choice, except when it's not convenient for Republicans. My body, my choice when it comes to wearing a mask in public that might protect somebody else from getting sick or dying because they got sick. But when it comes to certain things, eh, you don't have any choice. The government is going to tell you how you must behave. We should not be putting up with this. There's something very wrong with a political party that tells you one thing, but they do something completely different. People see that. You want to talk about grooming kids? Let's talk about grooming kids. And let's start with lying. People in positions of power lie and they get away with it. That sets an example.
that everyone sees. So why don't we start with not lying? And why don't we start with saying we're concerned about the documents that Joe Biden had, but you know what? He did the right thing. He didn't hide them. He didn't deny that they were there. He did the right thing and stood up and admitted that he had documents. Of course, we don't know. Maybe he had absolutely nothing to do with them being there. Instead of condemning him for doing the right thing. Because the lesson that kids and other people see is if you do the right thing, you get in trouble for it. Right? Wrong. I just realized earlier I said the word honest instead of the word honesty. I started the sentence off thinking one thing, and then after just a couple of words, I changed and my thoughts went somewhere else, so that didn't make sense. And I doubt that I'm going to be able to edit that out. So earlier, when I mentioned the word honest, it should have been honesty, would have made more sense. But I decided to kind of head off in a different direction. And one of the things that has just come up this morning, or I think it was this morning, uh, the uh, Republican who is now the chair of, I think he's the uh, House Oversight committee. Uh, his name is James Comer. I've talked about him before. He appeared on CNN's State of the Union this morning, and I think he was on Meet the Press on NBC as well. And of course, he is very, very, very concerned about this Biden classified document thing. And <laughs> I went back to see if I could find comments that he'd made about how outraged he was that former President Donald Trump, also a Republican, had classified documents in his possession. And there's just not much. He just wasn't that concerned. So when we talk about honesty, <laughs> that's the word I meant to use earlier, how dishonest is it to be a hypocrite about this stuff? Because on CNN, Comer is saying that there is a double standard in the way the DOJ is handling the Trump and Biden classified documents thing. Well, you know, this guy's in the House of Representatives and it's like he can't Common sense hasn't been able to engage in his mind or something. Number one, there's a huge, huge, huge difference between Trump and Biden and the classified documents. Namely, Biden did the right thing when it was discovered that he had classified documents. Trump did not. It looks to me like Trump took the stuff 
knowingly, number one. And he was certainly in a position to understand that you can't just do that. But even if you give him a break and say, okay, maybe he really did think he could declassify stuff by just thinking about it because he was so powerful. Bottom line is, if you don't go through the full procedure, then you really haven't declassified anything. And it doesn't matter whether they're declassified or not. If you're not supposed to have them in certain areas, you're not supposed to have them. But the bottom line is the National Archives tried for seven months to get Trump's cooperation on getting these documents returned. In the case with Biden, the National Archives wasn't looking for any documents. Biden turned them over willingly. And uh, Comer is a little unhappy about the fact that uh, it seems like uh, there was a delay in all of this stuff being reported. And I guess he's, um, he says here, uh, this is uh, James Comer, quote, my concern is that special counsel was called for, but yet hours of that we still had but yet hours of that, we still had the president's personal attorneys who have no security clearance still rummaging around the president's residence looking for things. That would essentially be a crime scene, so to speak, after the appointment of a special counsel. So we have a lot of questions for the National Archives. We have a lot of questions for the Department of Justice, and hopefully we'll be getting answers very soon. We just want equal treatment here with respect to how both former President Trump and current President Biden are being treated with the document issue. The fact that they were quick to call for special counsel with Trump, it seems political here. It seems hypocritical. It seems like a double standard. That's our concern. I have jurisdiction as chairman of the House Oversight Committee over the National Archives, this is the agency I'm most frustrated with because they have not been transparent at all. And he goes on, but I'm going to end the quote there. Because <laughs> I'm going to take an issue with the fact that they were quick to call for special counsel with Trump. I don't think so. <laughs> I really do not think so. When you consider the fact that the National Archives messed around with Trump for seven months, and then after that, months and months went by still where the, the DOJ had to get involved. I mean, come on. They sent Trump a subpoena for this stuff and he did not comply. Had he complied with it, there wouldn't have been any FBI agents at Mar-a-Lago with a search warrant. And again... These people keep referring to it as a raid. You would think a member of Congress would know the difference between a search warrant being executed legally by FBI versus a raid. So, anyway. And Trump should have known they were coming. Did they not kind of give him advance warning when they subpoena, they sent out a subpoena? and he didn't comply with it. So, and so it makes perfect sense to me that they, that the Department of Justice 
put a special counsel in place with Trump because he announced he was running for president again. And I would bet you, I'm not a betting person, but I would bet that the reason, one of the main reasons that he announced he was running for president was because he felt like he needed some protection from all of the crimes he had committed. Now, maybe he is completely ignorant of the law, but he's got attorneys working for him. And surely these attorneys have sat down and said, dude, stop. You're breaking the law. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're the president, you're breaking the law. You got to quit doing this stuff. And of course, the reason that the Department of Justice chose a special counsel in the Biden instance is because Biden is the current sitting president. And you have this weird little thing where you've got the former ex-president who is now running for president again. And he will be running probably against the current sitting president who he ran against last time. So I think putting special counsels in place for both of them, where both of the cases are investigated separately, is probably a good thing. That way, the Republicans can't come back and say the Department of Justice, which they think has been politicized with Biden, when actually the Department of Justice was politicized during the Trump era. And that's where I get so tired of all of the the hypocrisy here because they will accuse the Democrats of doing things that they've been doing. I mean, (laughs) come on. Everybody remembers the Mueller report and the Attorney General of the United States, uh, William Barr, got his hands on it went through it and then announced to the American people that there was nothing in it that would indicate Donald Trump obstructed justice. And there's, there's nothing further from the truth. He obstructed justice. Not, there were several instances. But of course, the big deal was the public was under the impression that nothing had been done against uh, the laws of the of the land. So when the report came out, and it was a lengthy report, I actually uh, I listened to the whole re- the whole report on Audible, and uh, it sure seemed like there were some people involved doing some things that they certainly should not have been doing. So the politi- the the politicization of the Department of Justice and government agencies was done under the Trump administration. The FBI doing audits against uh, some people like uh, FBI agents, Andrew McCabe and and, uh, James Comey, but at the same time, not doing their mandated audits of Donald Trump. Doesn't that sound like he politicized the IRS? It sure seems like it to me. Didn't the Republicans politicize the IRS when they started cutting the budgets 
and cutting the agents so that they could protect their wealthy donors and themselves from being audited, knowing that with staffing issues, they just wouldn't be able to audit those big, uh, wealthy millionaires' tax reports, tax statements, because it just takes too long. I'm sure that they probably have a certain number of audits that they need to have done every year. And when you are short-staffed, you're going to do the easy ones to get uh, to your quota, right? At least I'm, I'm guessing. How was it uh, politicized? Uh, how about the military when they showed up to clear out the park in Washington, D.C. so that Donald Trump could have his moment in front of the church holding up the Bible? And how about all of the uh, partisan political events that were held at the White House against protocol? The Republicans are the ones who are breaking the rules, not the Democrats. And that's where I have to keep asking, where, where are the morals and the values and the standards of the law and order Republican Party? Because it sure doesn't seem like they exist anymore. Not, not from what I can see. And now we've got committees set up that want to investigate things. <laughs> it's just amazing. So we have the Republicans who I think most Americans will agree did some bad things toward the end of the Trump administration. Uh, the coup attempt was, that's pretty big, pretty big deal. So naturally, when the Democrats came into power after that, they were pretty much obligated to do an investigation on that. I think that the American people would have absolutely thrown a fit if the Democrats had just said, we're just going to move forward. We're just going to put all of that behind us now. We're not going to worry about the, the police officers that were killed or injured or hurt trying to do their jobs. We're not going to talk about the millions of dollars of damage done to the U.S. Capitol. We're just going to move forward. Well, the, pro the Republicans would have probably been thrilled with that. And they would have probably gone home and laughed about the weak Democrats who didn't have the spine to do the right thing and investigate. But the Democrats did investigate. And so now <laughs> that all of this bad stuff has come out, and now that the uh, January 6th Select Committee sent out subpoenas, of Republicans like uh, Jim Jordan, who's a committee chair. And uh, how about uh, Kevin McCarthy? He didn't uh, respond to his subpoena. Now he's the Speaker of the House. So if a House committee sends out subpoenas to Democrats, is he going to expect them to comply? And if so, why? He didn't. Jim Jordan's committee, if they send out subpoenas, is he going to expect people to come in and sit down when he didn't do it? 
I mean, they've pretty much set us pretty, <laughs> pretty clear standard there, huh? So anyway, now they, the Republicans, are going to have a committee that is going to oversee and, and take a look at the committee that was investigating them personally. How does that work out for you? Do you see a conflict of interest there? You're on a committee that's investigating the committee that's investigating your actions. <laughs> you want to talk about a banana republic? That's insane. And they act like they're a legitimate political party. There, there's just nothing further from the truth. They don't follow the laws of the land when it applies, you know, when it applies to them. They don't. They're not doing anything to set a good example for the American people or young adults or the kids, future generations that are growing up, that are going to be looking at this saying, well, all of these people in Congress, you know, they weren't doing this stuff. Must be okay if they can do it and get away with it, right? It's really unbelievable. You, you really can't make stuff up like this. This is reality is more realistic than anything that Stephen King could come up with sometimes. And the party that's supposed to be law and order, the party that's supposed to have family values, the, the party that's supposed to have uh, high morals high moral standards, the party of good character, the party of Christianity, really? There's just one by one by one, you can just completely knock every single one of those things down with not just one or two examples, but a slew of examples that show they may talk the talk, but they do not walk the walk and they haven't walked the walk for a long, long time. So my question is, what does the Republican Party stand for today? Truly, what do they stand for? You go on Twitter, look at the tweets that the Republicans, sitting Republicans in Congress, tweet. <laughs> and it's like, they're all hypocrites. They all come across as being completely uninformed uh, as to the law or how things work. The latest this morning was, let's see, who was it? Uh, it was, I believe it was Senator Ron Johnson. Remember him? He was the guy that didn't want to answer questions from the press about the fake electors that he was asked supposedly by his staff to hand deliver to the vice president. And then once he realized that, oops, you know, that's not legal, <laughs> that's unconstitutional. He acted like he didn't want to have anything at all to do about it or really didn't know anything about it at all. Pretended he was talking on the phone to somebody and the reporter had to say, you're not talking to anybody. I can see your phone. <laughs> He's, what was he complaining about this morning? Oh, uh, Biden taking oil from our strategic oil reserves and selling it to China. 
I think the, the figure was 40%, and I'm not sure if Ron Johnson mentioned that, but other Republicans have said that as well. I think even Kevin McCarthy may have said that, which indicates to me that they absolutely have no clue whatsoever how that system works, where you take oil out of the strategic reserves and you put it out onto the market. It goes to whoever, I guess, wants to pay the most for it. Did Ron Johnson mention anything about investigating the oil companies that were exporting 29% of the oil that they pumped here in America, while at the same time they imported the, about the same amount at a higher cost and used that to justify the higher price at the pump? Did he mention that? Did he mention the incredible profits that the oil companies made last summer? And when you compare the price of a, of, of a barrel of oil at the time to the price they were charging at the pump and compare that to previous circumstances where things were pretty much the same, you find that the price of the pump was much lower. So what justified the higher price last summer when they were paying the same price for a barrel of oil? Hmm. No, they're not going to mention that. So we really have a problem here, folks. When, when you have a political party that doesn't care about the Constitution or the rules and regulations or protocols or basic respect, do you realize that we have a Republican by the name of, I think is, uh, is he from, he's from Arizona, Paul Gosar. He was removed from, I think, uh, one of his committee assignments by Nancy Pelosi because he posted a cartoon or something of him killing AOC. She's, she's the, uh, the Democrat. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. He posted that on social media. So you have a Republican representative posting on social media a cartoon of them killing a Democratic representative. Do you find that to be appropriate? No, it's not. It's completely inappropriate. And if you uh, worked for any company pretty much and posted a video on social media of you killing somebody else that you worked with, do you think you'd keep your job? Probably not. Yet he is still in the House of Representatives. Do you see a problem with that? These people are power hungry. They know that overall the American people are moving away from them. The American people are rejecting Republican policies. And they realize that they are becoming the vast majority. Young voters were getting thousands or tens of thousands of new young people become eligible to vote every day. And the majority of them are not voting are not registering to be Republicans. They are either registering as independents or Democrats. And 
most of them will vote with the Democrats because they don't like having women uh, have their health, having their health care controlled by government. They want women to make their own health care choices. And it doesn't matter how, what side of the abortion issue you're on. If you think abortions are wrong, don't have one. But you've got to recognize the fact that you should not put yourself in somebody else's shoes and tell them what they have to do. Especially when <laughs> I, I, I would be willing, again, to bet, even though I'm not a betting person, that uh, if uh, some of these Republicans had daughters that ended up getting pregnant uh, with an unwanted pregnancy, do you think that they would hesitate for a second to send them somewhere to get an abortion? Probably not. So if you don't like abortions, don't have one. But don't try to tell somebody else that they can't because you can't know their situation. And you're putting people through a lot of pain and hardship when they need to have medical procedures that uh, doctors and hospitals don't want to do because they're afraid of being arrested or sued. And now some Republicans are even talking about having women arrested for having abortions. I just think it's, it's wrong. They want uh, to take away the right to vote from minorities because they know that most of the minorities, specifically black people, vote with the Democrats. So they'll just make it harder for them to vote. And that's okay. And then they pretend that it's the Democrats who are rigging the elections. Well, I'm sorry, but when you disenfranchise hundreds of thousands of black people so that they cannot vote, which has been done in Georgia, and a few other states by Republicans, you're rigging the election for yourself. For yourself. It's, they could be told that you could actually tell them, yes, you know what, you are right. The, the 2020 election was rigged in the favor of the Republicans because there's a lot of people that couldn't vote. And if voting is supposed to be a right in this country, then why isn't it? So I think that this is a question more and more Americans are going to start asking themselves about the Republican Party, especially as the clown circus, the romper room session of Congress gets underway and the American people see that the Republicans keep passing bills in the House that are not going to pass in the Senate and are not going to get through a veto with President Biden in the Oval Office. Meanwhile, people are going to see that their lives aren't getting any better. All of these things that the Republicans complained about said that if you vote for us, we're going to take care of all these things. Crime, the gun violence in this country, the high cost of food, all of these things aren't going to get addressed. Their minimum wages aren't going to go up. And they're going to say, gosh, it doesn't seem like the Republicans are doing much. They keep passing all these bills and they're not passing the Senate or the, uh, 
executive branch. And, you know, I don't really know if that's going to help me. That uh, 87,000 IRS agent thing that they said that they uh, repealed. Well, you know, that wasn't like going to happen now. That was like over 10 years. And that covered a lot of people that were retiring from the IRS. And the focus, according to the IRS, of having additional agents was so that they could actually audit the top money makers in the country. And that was the goal of the Democrats when they passed that legislation. And gee, that's already been funded. So how can they just go in and unfund something like that? <laughs> they can't. That would have to pass the Senate and Biden, and they're not going to do it. So they're wasting their time. Instead, they could be fixing immigration, which needs to be addressed. But they're not doing it. They are wasting their time on these petty, childish little antics. And they're removing Democrats now from committees in retaliation for Nancy Pelosi removing Republicans from committees. Republicans like Paul Gosar, posting, who posted cartoons of him killing another representative of the House, and people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who, I don't know what she did, but I mean, <laughs> name it, pick a day, and you can probably find something that she did that was unacceptable. Nancy Pelosi didn't do it to be nasty. She did it to say that this is not acceptable. These are not acceptable behaviors from a member of the House of Representatives of the United States Congress. But now they're going to remove qualified people so that uh, they can do it out of retaliation. So Adam Schiff, Representative Adam Schiff, I think has been removed. Uh, Eric Swalwell has been removed. So that's fine, Republicans. Show America how childish and how small you are. And America will say, you know what? Maybe these people don't deserve to be in charge of things if they can't be honest and ethical and respectful of others. And that is the message I think most people in this country want future generations to understand. Respect, working with others, working for the greater good, and not favoring just the wealthy. No racism, no hatred, no bigotry. Let people live their lives, get out of their bedrooms, let them make their own health decisions. That is what future generations want. And I think that the Republicans are definitely on the wrong side of the fence on that. I appreciate your time. Hope you have a good day, unless you have other plans. Hey everyone, it's Andy again. Just wanted to let you know that I recorded this 
podcast, this episode, using the new mics, the replacement set that the manufacturer sent to me to replace the first set that wasn't working properly. And I thought that this second set wasn't working, but I was able to find a way to make them work. So we'll see how it goes. I think there are still some issues with the placement of the mic and some of the settings perhaps need to be adjusted a bit. I'm really sorry about the ums and the uhs when I talk. I need to break that habit. It's really annoying to me. I'm sure it bothers all of you as well. So working on it. Thank you for your time again. Sorry for the inconvenience and all of the irritating little issues with my speech habits, but I'm working on it. Thank you for listening. I would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it. You can also find me on Twitter at Federal Andy, and I'd be really grateful if you would follow me. I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy, and I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week. Thank you.